Haters will hate always. That's what they do. They hate. afternoon there, Stuart from Cross-Functional Fitness here. Thank you for joining me again. And if this is your first time, thank you for joining me today on this singular occasion. Where have you been? You've missed all the party. This is like the 26th episode or something. Fuck. Anyway, last week we chatted about why strength training is an absolute necessity for runners. We discussed the fact that many runners think that they need to be more flexible, um, but how increasing their flexibility will actually make them slower runners due to decreased power output. There were some practical tips, we shared some training strategies, do's and don'ts. So if you're interested in becoming a runner and a better runner at that without squeezing out another 0.5% from your aerobic capacity, then maybe check out last week's episode and start doing strength training like a boss. I know what you new runners are like, you think you don't need strength training, you do, believe me, you do. Um, it'll also help you become more bulletproof, injury proof and robust and you better beat your competitors it's always nice to beat your competitors and your friends right this week's topic is functional fitness the good the bad and the ugly sounds like a new clint eastwood sequel but it's not um it's becoming a phrase that's almost meaningless at this point functional fitness so without me blagging anymore let's get straight into it So functional fitness, I guess it's been a concept that's been around for maybe, what, 20, 25 years now? Um, I don't know, I'm too young, going to really know, I'm so young. But there's really been a shift. It was basically a shift from traditional bodybuilding or powerlifting style training. I know a lot of people think those two things are the same, but they're not. Um, to more functional training, or how we thought was functional training. What's perceived to be functional. And without going into too much history of the, the history of um, functional fitness... There was a guy called um, Gary Gray and uh, another guy called Vern Gambetta, and they were quite prominent in uh, making this shift. So going from like bilateral, so in other words, two arms or two legs, to um, unilateral training, so using single arm or single leg training. So bilateral might be like barbells, so deadlift, squats, your standard, you know, your your bench press, all those sort of things, and then using things like kettlebells and dumbbells and doing single arm or single leg work. But since then, there's been lots and lots of prominent coaches who are really big proponents of functional fitness. Um, Vern Gavetta has obviously been about. Eric Cressy, uh, Michael Boyle, John Rusin, Joel Seidman, just to name a few. Um, they're all very, very sharp guys, I'm sure. And some of them I've got actually got their books and I follow their content. I've learned quite a lot from. Some of them are really clued in, except for uh, Gambetta and Seidman. Don't mean they're not clued in. just mean I don't really pay much attention to what they're doing because, well, we'll explain later on, but... Check them out. <laughs> it's pretty free advertising for them. So boot camps were possibly, you could argue they were the earliest take on functional fitness and they started getting more popular in a more you know, mainstream way in the early 90s, 1990s, early noughties. And boot camp, you know, it's always been a military concept, a military style of getting people in shape for, for combat for over 100 years. But the type of rough and tough training was then applied to everyday public um, as a class format to come and basically get shouted at as a kind of instructor get beat up mentally and physically train outside in the cold and wet you know that was it and uh, people paid money hand over fist they loved it and they still love it and um, 
some would argue it's not functional fitness because it's you know you know you're not you're only doing body weight things but there's all sorts of boot camps now there's all sorts of takes on it all sorts of genres then i guess in the early noughties when crossfit came along a guy called greg glassman and um, his name is anathema in crossfit now but it's for other reasons that we'll not get into <laughs> but he came up with a more diverse form of functional fitness for everyday people and he combined powerlifting so your bench your press and your squat um so your bench press your overhead press your squatting um your deadlifting all those sort of things your power movements really um your olympic weightlifting your snatch and your clean and jerk strongman activities gymnastics bodyweight you know, calisthenics running swimming cycling rowing and more and more layers have kind of gradually built on top of it over the years it's become very popular kids is kind of plateauing now for worldwide membership or worldwide um um inclusion but i guess during the same time and maybe slightly earlier functional fitness was based upon you know the gary gray philosophy applied to sports and performance so golf etc so for people who are already athletes rather than the everyday guy and the everyday girl so that's kind of a brief synopsis and a brief history of functional fitness and where it's come from and um, we're going to get into where it's at today so the next question i guess is how do we define functional training or functional fitness this is one of the biggest issues with the concept i think of functional training is, has been the inability to define it there's not one commonly accepted definition that has stood out um, that everyone can agree on and it's both a good thing and a bad thing i guess and we'll discuss more on that in a moment but if you actually search on the internet for a functional fitness definition or functional training definition lots of different things will come up now i know google will give you different search results from what i will i would get it's the way they're they work they kind of like to manipulate things a little bit but in general you're going to see a bunch of businesses probably pop up and they'll each define functional fitness according to their own take on it which is fine i mean i do that as well but it can be confusing for you the public or a prospective client or class member who's looking to join the gym um, maybe you've experienced a functional fitness in one gym and then you come join mine and maybe it's something different here maybe the way i do things is slightly different or maybe the exercises i highly rate are different to the ones at your previous gym um or coach um rated very highly of course one thing might be consistent hopefully is that we all despise the smith machine and the leg press uh but this is basically my definition so my definition of functional fitness is an adaptable approach to strength and fitness training that meets you where you're at, takes you where you want to go, that finds value in utilising a wide variety of movements and modalities with an emphasis on strength, mobility and constantly improving oneself. And I threw oneself, the word oneself in at the end because that makes it sound much more authentic and official, right? They always say it oneself because it's sounds proper doesn't it so uh okay i really haven't figured out how to settle on a really short concise definition but mainly because i hate committing to you know one little type definition because i'll never be happy with it i'm always going to try and find a way to improve it or work on it and we'll land in bed some night and i'm like no this is a better way to just find it but it's kind of, at least it's better maybe than some of the looser broader terms that are out there defining functional fitness um that basically mean nothing now and you can interpret them any way you want this is some sort of uh, a tighter definition that I have there. But I could give you an endless list of ways that I could define functional fitness and examples of, um, of what it is. 
you know, functional fitness enables you to function better, funnily enough, whether it's at uh, being a human in general, maybe it's doing your job more effectively or pain-free, or just being better at your sport or sports, plural, if you're into all of those sort of things. Now, this could mean different approaches for different people. This basically means that some people might have to focus more on building basic strength at first because they're weak. hate to be the one to say it, but it's true. Um, for others, it might mean that they need to improve their mobility, which is a combination of strength and flexibility. Um, for someone else, it might be to improve their VO2 max. Someone else might need to you know, train strength and power alongside each other so that they can apply the strength they're developing into force production, into rate of force production in the sense of power. Someone else might need to work on building more muscle endurance for whatever reason. So functional fitness, that's another thing actually. Whenever I said there, this means that some people have to focus you know, on building more strength because they're weak. Like, is it just me or has it almost become now a, stat, not a status symbol, but like a point of pride of saying, oh, I'm really weak. I don't know, like, but it almost seems like that's something that people are proud of. Like, why? Why is it a good thing to be weak? Why is it a? Why is it a positive thing to be weak? Like, okay, none of us are the world's strongest man because we're going to be one world's strongest man. But what I'm saying is, surely we should take a little bit of personal pride in either developing strength or getting strong or just not being weak. I don't know maybe it's just me. Functional fitness enables your joints to function better as well. So this means, you know, restoring range of motion um, in your hips, your ankles, your shoulders, or wherever, your knees. So if you train certain movement patterns correctly, you can achieve this gradually, even maybe even overcoming old injuries that you never thought you could, you've maybe always suffered from. Functional fitness can play a role in that as well. And functional fitness means that allowing you to play with your, your grandkids, you know, pick them up, run them, carry, carry them, swing them around, throw them about, throw them up in the air, not too high, obviously, ceilings and all that, um, you know, just generally carry on living in a strong, pain-free way. It might mean being able to get up and down off the floor from playing with them without having to think twice or get your, your uh, son or daughter to help you up off the floor. For other people, it might mean building greater bone density, stronger bones, you know, if you have a family history of osteoporosis, we deal, dealt with that in the previous episode, but strength training, which is functional, plays a role in that. Um, for other people, it might be, you know, being able to use your arms and, and back to build all day without getting aches. So if you're a builder, joiner, plumber, whatever, you might need some functional fitness or you could benefit from functional training. And whenever you do it correctly, it should allow you to, to do your job better to do it pain-free and to be more effective at that. Maybe you sit at a desk all day. Functional training should really give you the tools to open up your hips, work your glutes, stretch your shoulders, stretch your neck, and generally train you to make, um, or sorry, generally train you to take care of your own body to perform you know, basic maintenance on it and to keep you pain-free as a functional, useful human. And aside from all that, I guess functional training, it's possibly most commonly applied to sports. So whether it's golf, soccer, Gaelic, hurling, rugby, um, hockey, baseball, cricket, darts. Are you joking? <laughs> well, not really. I'm sure there's someone out there 
in the functional fitness realm that is uh, attempting to apply functional fitness to improving darts athletes um how to hold your pint or something like that um if you want to send in hate mail any darts players out there info at crossfunctionalfitness.co.uk um i'd love to hear from you a definition by michael boyle in his book new functional trainer for sport second edition which i have it's quite a good book quite interesting um, Mr. Boyle equates function to purpose. So when it comes to training, functional training is purposeful training, he argues. And then he references Gambetta and Gray and their um their work in 2002 by saying that functional training programs need to introduce controlled amounts of instability so that the athlete athlete must react in order to regain his own, their own stability. So this definition is quite sports specific, quite sports orientated, and unfortunately, this and this uh, definition can uh, really open a can of worms and unfortunately involves bossy balls, Swiss balls and all sorts of other ridiculous training approaches. Now, Brad Schoenfeld, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, give him his proper title. I've got a couple of his books as well, but he makes an excellent point whenever he says that the term functional fitness is one of the most misapplied concepts in exercise science. Fact is, virtually all exercises can be functional depending on the context. I think this is a great quote, this is a great take on what we're trying to say today context is key if something improves your functional capacity then it's functional training or functional fitness functional capacity what is that that is basically the ability to perform useful movements successfully so if you train that you're going to become more successful at it so for the vast majority of the population getting stronger should really be the starting point of becoming more functional um, of functional training unless you already happen to be gruesomely strong already then you can maybe start playing about with other things and focusing on unilateral um, movements. You might not like me saying this, but most of us aren't strong enough. I know I said it earlier, but it really should be our starting point when it comes to trying to be more functional. It makes everything else and every other training program, every other philosophy, much easier to execute. Whether it's circuits or running, swimming, hit training, cycling, your peloton, and gymnastics, spin, body pump, or whatever. It just makes it all so much easier. And that then begs the question, well, how strong is strong enough? You know, I, I hear that question sometimes. And strong enough really depends on lots of stuff. Your age, your genetic ability, risk versus reward, your height, your weight, your goals, your injury history. But if you put it this way, if you can deadlift two and a half times your body weight, I would say you're strong enough. Or if you can back squat 1.75 times your body weight below parallel for reps, I'd say you're strong enough. If you can bench press 1 to 1.5 times your body weight or do 10 pull-ups, yeah, I'd say you're strong enough for most people. Now, you might not ever need to be that strong, but you also might. You also might uh, be strong enough if you're lifting less than these ratios that I've picked out, I'm not saying those are hard and fast rules that you're not strong unless you get to exactly not uh, 1.75 times your body weight for squats. Um, but, you know, you could be strong enough and be able to do less than that. Again, it depends on all the earlier factors that I've listed. But for most people, between the ages of about 20 to 60, men and women, um, this all these things will make you strong enough. I would say that, that you're strong enough. But don't forget, the more the more most strength, more strength you build now, the 
the more you have to hold on to whenever you're an older dude or an older lady. Um, I heard a great thought the other day that people don't end up in care homes because they get old. They end up in care homes because they get too weak to look after themselves. They can't get up and down off the toilet. They need help getting up out of a chair or can't climb stairs or can't get out of bed. Bath unassisted. These aren't just the result of old age. These are the result of lack and a loss of strength. So for most people, functional training initially should or would probably look like this. Building strength, just getting stronger than you currently are. Then you can start playing about with all, this, all sorts of other things. So, as promised, we're going to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of functional training or functional fitness. First of all, the good. So, what is good about functional tra training or functional fitness? Some approaches to functional fitness are really commendable. Um, the concept it intends to improve your ability to perform your sport or become a better human, generally speaking. Michael Boyle also makes the point in his book that I mentioned earlier. Um, functional training programs train movements, not muscles. And this is a really important point, and it's one I think that's really sensible, and it's one I think most people, most sensible thinking people in the functional fitness world should agree upon. Um, you know, if you're creating balance between push and pull, rotation, extension, flexion, it seems like a really sensible and really smart approach to creating stronger muscles and joints, healthy joints. So first of all, sports performance, um, you know, I kind of get the point. A functional approach to sports performance can help some athletes, but unless they're already strong, I would argue that it's going to be a waste of their time. In fact, for younger athletes, for example, teens and early 20s, I would say they're much better spending their time simply getting stronger, doing strength training, being patient with it, taking it gradually, not rushing it, building real strength, um, instead of doing box jumps, one-leg squats, high step-ups, with weights and things like that or other other types of you know those are the more sensible functional training exercises that are quite popular i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with them they have their place but i'm not saying um that you should never do those i'm saying that they, they do have their place especially when you get stronger but unless you've really become a really strong guy or a really strong girl you're probably not spending your valuable time in the most appropriate way but i do get the logic you know, the, the, the kind of thought process goes, if you're running or performing pretty much any sport, you're spending the vast majority of your time on one leg. So it makes sense to train yourself on one leg. Having said that, if you're performing the basic exercises to make you stronger, so your, your back squat, your bench press, your deadlift, your overhead press, your pull-ups, etc., do you not think that your balance is going to become significantly better when you bring your squat from the barbell, which is 20 kg, to 150 kg, for example? Do you not think that process is going to develop much better balance? How can it not? You wouldn't be able to squat to depth or execute the movement correctly if your ability to balance didn't improve alongside your strength. And then the next point is injury reduction. So there's an argument that goes that you know functional training helps um, reduce injury rate. And I would agree that that's a good goal to have. You know, given that functional training came from the sports medicine world, you know, rehabilitation and all of that, it does make sense that functional training has a place in preventing injury. But again, building strength will help to do this, whether it's with a barbell, a kettlebell, a dumbbell, or a band, a latex band. It just so happens that the most ergonomic piece of equipment in the gym for building strength is a barbell. It has yet to be improved upon. Um, performing heavy deadlifts is going to give you stronger, thicker hamstrings. The muscle belly is going to be bigger and thicker and stronger. 
so they're not going to tear as easily. They're going to be able to uh, absorb more force and you know performing heavy deadlifts and building them up is going to give you a stronger back which will make it much harder to damage. If you think of it this way, if you add more muscle to your skeleton it's going to be supported better against external forces that are going to come against it. Another positive aspect of functional training is the attention to detail a lot of the time that comes with it. So it should be highly commended compared um, to others. Um, some people don't really care about the details, but a lot of trainers, you know, the ones who kind of train with bossy balls, you know, the bossy ball squatters or the boot camp drill sergeants, they might not really care about details. They might really care if your elbows are sticking out at 90 degrees when you're doing push-ups or they don't really care if you're going to fall over and you know, crack your ankles because you're doing squats in a bossy ball or stupid stuff like that. But in general, the practitioners of functional fitness care deeply about movement and their attention to detail is something I think um, you can't help but be impressed by. They look at the details, you know, like are your heels in the floor when you're squatting? Are your knees caving in? What are they doing? But they'll also see the bigger picture too. They'll look at you as a whole and how you move and how it all fits together to produce a quality squat or whatever it is you're doing, especially in a one-to-one -one training session where they can really optimize this and enhance it. So in the larger classes, I guess this isn't as easy to do. Another thing that is good about functional training is the variation. Um, it enables joints to be worked in a more balanced way. So traditional functional training approaches tend to include a wide variety of exercises which is both a good thing and a bad thing I guess but over time as a trainer you start to see um, that less is more you know so like for new clients and trainees focusing on maybe three or four exercises and getting better at them is a much better approach than picking 20 or 30 or 10 or 20. Um, wide variety it can stimulate the mind it can keep things interesting it can also confuse you if you haven't mastered them yet so paying attention to the, the details is really important and fewer exercises can sometimes allow this to happen. So just mastering the squat, just focusing on the squat. Try and move on to the other variations later on. Um, one benefit of choosing a good variety of exercises obviously is that you're more likely to get a good balance of movements which tends to work well for your, your joints. So like we said earlier, your push, your pull, your extension, your flexion, your rotation, your carries, all those sort of things. You're less likely to get an overuse injury um, if you're performing a smart program with a decent amount of variety. So that, that is kind of concludes, I'm sure there are other good, good things about functional fitness, but those kind of highlight the main aspects, I think. So that begs the question, what is bad about functional fitness? Again, I guess it depends on your definition of it, but there are several, ne several negative aspects of it. For example, if you're so focused on unilateral training, so like we said before, single arm, single leg stuff, but you neglect to build um, or train strength or top end strength as many people will uh, will call it then I would argue there's a bad aspect of functional fitness or if you become a burpee queen so you're always doing like things like burpees because you think they're functional but you neglect to become strong I would say that's another negative aspect of functional training um, okay you're getting better at burpees but you're also probably getting weaker because you're not training strength or you're maybe not strong to start with but it's not bad but you know what I mean you, you're you're kind of missing the bigger picture so if your overall strength is neglected your performance as a human not just as an athlete yes as a human is going to suffer you're going to become a worse human not a better one and I don't mean that from a character's standpoint I'm sure you're a lovely person but you're going to become weaker and uh, 
yeah, your body's going to suffer. So don't do that, is my advice. Functional fitness or tra functional training, it isn't as trainable as, say, say barbell training, for example. So we're going to get into this a little bit more, but basically some people don't consider barbell training as functional. We're going to explain that later on, but say it isn't. Just for the sake of argument, say barbell training isn't functional because you're using two legs or two arms. So if you're doing dumbbell lunges or kettlebell split squats and you've worked your way up to holding 10 kg in each hand, then you keep going until you're able to do 20 kg in each hand, pretty soon you'll get to the point where your grip is going to become an issue. You'll even get to the point where training with such a heavy load could potentially start to flare up tendonitis in your knees. Um, your, your grip will start being challenged so much that you'll only be able to think about hold, you know, you'll only be able to think about holding them and gripping them for dear life or all of them, your movement, your technique while you're doing the exercise. You'll eventually reach a point that you can't really go any further from a practical standpoint. When you compare it to barbell training, for example, deadlift, say, back squats, etc., you can keep progressing and training this way until the day that you die. And I know, maybe some people don't like that, but it's a more it's more trainable. So the ba some bad aspects of functional training, I would say you're never going to get as strong. It's quite simple as that. If you're doing single leg, single arm things, you're never going to get as strong overall as if you're doing barbell things. If you're doing training two legs on the floor, two arms on the bar. Um, and I would like a discussion about that with anybody because it's just a tr it's just a fact. It's true. So that leaves us with the ugly side of functional training, functional fitness. Um, and I guess it's been well documented already on YouTube. If you go into YouTube and, you know, I could just end this discussion here and put a link in the show notes about a, a YouTube video of functional fitness fails and you would laugh your ass off. But I think you know the kind of thing I'm talking about. People doing stupid stuff like squatting on bossy balls, I've already referenced. One leg squats, balancing on top of a kettlebell or doing bench press while lying uh, with your legs off the ground. All, there's all sorts of stuff. Like there's, uh, Generally, if it involves a ball, it's probably not going to end well. Now, there's some good uses of a, of a Swiss ball and a bossy ball, but those are not the things that um, are useful. And if you're currently into that sort of stuff, you can feel free to do it in your own time. Go for it. Um, video it so we can all see and uh, get amusement from it. But if you're in my gym or you're under my supervision, it's just ridiculous. It's not, we're not doing that. We're just not doing it. And I get it, you know, sometimes it's cool to watch videos, I guess, and go, whoa, look, look what this circus ac acrobat can do. I mean, I love the circus. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love the circus? Well, maybe, you know, if you've got a fear of clowns or you're an animal rights activist, I guess those are kind of things that, you know, negative drawbacks from circuses. But we're reviewing functional fitness, not circuses here. So, you know, the circus is just cool though, isn't it? Like some of the crazy acrobatic movements that those guys can do, it's just breathtaking. It really is impressive, but I just don't want them done in my gym. I just don't want you uh, doing it, and I wouldn't recommend to anybody else either, um, or call it functional fitness. Um, giving functional fitness a bad name, okay? So, do you want to know some other dumb ideas that I've seen dressed up as functional training? One of them is not using collars in the bar so the weights slide off. And I'm not kidding, like people will, will do a deadlift and then they'll get their, you know, they'll tilt the bar one way and drop a plate off, tilt the bar one way and drop their plate off. So they just basically don't put collars on. Now I see accidents. Accidents thankfully don't happen very often, but generally when accidents happen in the gym, it's because the collars aren't on and the plates slide off the side of the bar. So that's not a very smart thing to do and it's not functional. Um, the other one is putting a load of barbell behind your neck 
and then another lot barbell locked out in your hands overhead and doing squats like I can think of nothing more dumb than that but people do it <laughs> look it up um, doing somersaults with kettlebells or barbells seriously people do that and you know haters are going to say that um, just for, I'm sorry not haters but people are going to say that I'm a hater because I can't do it and it's not just because I don't do it I can't do it that I'm a hater but I just think it's so stupid um, doing box jumps from a bossy ball like stand on a bossy ball and trying to jump on top of a box like just don't um, doing battle ropes from a bossy ball generally it involves a bossy ball there's very few good uses of bossy balls <laughs> put it that way and then whenever you get over all the stupidity of the exercises that people dream up to how you know, hurt themselves and break their ankles another ugly side of functional fitness is whenever people you know, maybe get into it a little bit and they get a little bit snobby. Say even the ones that are doing like a CrossFit or they're doing, uh, I don't know, just like, you know, Michael Boyle's take on things. Or uh, some of the other unilateral exercises, single arm, single leg. You know, the rest, you know, they're doing functional fitness, but the rest of us commoners, we're just doing, well, fitness, you know. Everybody, you know, who gets into any specific form of fitness, finds something that gets them into you know, exploring more about what their own body can do and everybody has a fitness journey to use the old cliche but you know what's kind of funny is the fact that many proponents of functional fitness will see overhead pressing with a kettlebell as a functional exercise but they will automatically dismiss overhead pressing with a barbell and call it non-functional I mean we've already explained it it comes back to context it comes back to definitions if you aren't sure what you're training for what the context is or you're not sure what someone else is training for, then you've no way of judging, you've no way of knowing whether what they're doing is functional or not, or what you're doing is functional or not, if you don't know what the purpose is. Purposeful, remember, Michael Boyd said purposeful, so if it doesn't have a purpose, it's not functional. Um, and I hate to be the one who said it, but many people just like being weak, because getting strong takes time and effort. It's much easier to drop the barbell, grab some lighter kettlebells, and do some functional leg work like, you know, instead of just adding more weight to the bar and trying to lift just a little bit heavier than the last session. Sometimes people just like to use functional fitness as a bit of a guise, a bit of a mask to get out of having to try so hard. And I'm just saying it like it is. It's true. It is true. And uh, functional fitness sometimes just seems interesting, but it's just actually easier if we're honest about it. So there you go. That was a quick lesson on functional training and functional fitness. The good, the bad and the ugly. Hopefully it's cleared up some common misconceptions and hopefully I didn't add to them um, or any confusion. But maybe you you know, now know what constitutes functional fitness, functional exercise and what constitutes a stupidity. But listen here, my fitness business is called cross-functional fitness. I get it. It's ironic that I'm uh, having a bit of a go at it today. But I'm a big fan of functional fitness. Whenever it's understood and applied correctly and sensibly, in one sense... I kind of regret calling it cross-functional fitness because, well, one, it's a bit of a mouthful. Number two, it can be difficult for people to remember, believe it or not. And number three, functional fitness has become so diluted, the term and the phrase. Um, if it's not misunderstood, um, I feel like people are surprised, you know, whenever they see our training approach or if they start to inquire. But, you know, maybe it's a good idea. You know, you live and you learn. I'll be better at branding things next time. But maybe it's a good thing because maybe I can elaborate more and explain why we do what we do and our approach to training here. But 
yeah, if you've any questions about any of that, do send them in to info at crossfunctionalfitness.co.uk and I will be glad to answer your queries or complaints. This place is freaking awesome! It's that time again. It's joke of the week time. You ready? I asked my date to meet me at the gym today. She didn't show up. That's when I knew we weren't going to work out. And that is the end of another show, end of another week too. Thank you for keeping me company. Um, speaking of functional fitness, we have some brand new classes available and there are still a few spots free if you'd like to grab one. And there's not a bossy ball in sight. Well, there is actually, because I bought one years ago and I have used it a handful of times and it's up on the shelf now. So you might see it, but we'll not be using it. But you can choose, you know, whichever class you want to try. We have total body toning, atomic and power. And Total Body Tone is a combination of strength, cardio and core. Atomic is exclusively hit cardio, no weights involved. And power is all about getting stronger than you are right now at your own pace um, and being patient and building up gradually. I'll pop the link to the class in the show notes and you can find out more. If you have any questions, do drop me an email at info.crossfunctionalfitness.co.uk or message me through social media, any social media platforms. Have a great weekend and remember to train today so you can be stronger tomorrow. Thank you.